This is Mona Lisa Baseball. So here we are at playoff time. Teams made the playoffs. Yes, they did. A lot of them. So we wrapped up the regular season, which is not a short thing. There's definitely things to talk about. I don't think this show is created to keep you up to date with all the scores and trades and things like that. But let's talk about a few things that are, well, that came up in the playoffs so far. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. You just have to start with the Rays drew about 20,000 fans to a playoff game. So I had time to think about this. Obviously, the first time you hear that number, you think, oh, how dare the fans How dare they insult the baseball team? That might be the uh, correct initial reaction, but upon further review, I realized that let's not be too quick to assume that the fans there are no good. Um, First and foremost, it might be the ugliest place to watch a baseball game. I've never been there. It's not fair. I get it. But I remember being sickened by the thought that the Giants were going to play there in 1992, looking at this ugly dome. And unless I got my stories wrong, they're playing in that same, you can't call it a ballpark, it's a stadium. It's horrific. The game of baseball was not intended to be played at a place like this. Might have been cool for a minute in the 60s inventing the Astrodome. And wow, it's not 110 outside. We can play in air conditioning. Yes, there would have been a novelty there. This place sucks. It's the worst. How can you get inspired by watching a ball club play there? I don't know. Maybe you can't. But I was also thinking, you know, Florida had zero teams not that long ago. Pro teams, big league teams, MLB teams. And then in a five-year span, they had two teams. Happened pretty quick. And it doesn't seem like the Marlins draw all that well. It doesn't seem like the Rays draw all that well. So, I don't know. Is it the fans' fault? Kind of got shoved down their throat. And it's sad, really, that this story has to exist, but uh, my producer turned me on to another show and he said, basically, listen to what this guy's saying. And he was saying that MLB has these tricks to not make it sound that bad. And they said, well, yes, the attendance was only about 20,000, but it was only 5,000 short of a sellout. And that might trick the layperson that doesn't know any better, but It certainly wasn't tricking me, and I'm thinking, okay, what the hell's the catch? What's the catch? Uh, Well, there's a pretty big catch, turns out. They went ahead and closed the upper deck for the playoff game. (laughs) So all those seats were off limits, and so they were only 5,000 tickets short of a sellout in the lower deck for a playoff game doesn't have a great ring to it, does it? You don't want to draw too many conclusions about what this means for baseball, but that's kind of what this show is all about uh, to a degree. To give you a little bit of a backstory about 
why I'm here talking to you. March 2021, I recorded the first episode, and basically I'd had enough. I couldn't believe how much baseball was either changing or about to change. I could feel this in my bones, and I wanted to lay something down so that I could sleep at night knowing that if shit got fucked up, I wasn't the one to blame. And even just looking at that date now, it's a little wild. Go back to March 2021. Let me remind you something. Pitchers were still hitting. You had full freedom on defense. Play wherever you want. And there sure as heck fire wasn't a clock involved in the game. So that's just two and a half years ago. National League pitchers bat. No clocks whatsoever dictating the game. And you can't shift. Yeah, there's been other rules changed, bases, whatnot. But those are the big ones. Not that long ago. But isn't that interesting? The show got started before that, worrying that people were trying to change something that I didn't think needed changing. Here's the reason why I was thinking that. Not only was I a massive baseball fan my whole life, a true lover of the sport, not just someone that knew all the stats, knew all the numbers, a real, real lover, a participant in every facet you could think of. That person felt like something wasn't right in baseball. What got me onto this track of they shouldn't be changing this, the first one I could think of is when you didn't have to pitch the four pitches for the intentional walk. And I thought, that that, that can't be right. That, that Hopefully that one won't stick because that's a pretty important part of the game. Think how minor that little wrinkle is compared to what's happened now. But little itty-bitty things like that got me to start this show anonymously as a true baseball lover. The point of the show, the reason why the whole thing got started was to save the sport from eating itself. And you might blame that on the owners, the players. It didn't matter. I had to get a voice out there that was the voice of reason. The voice of reason said, I've read too many good books by people that love baseball that instantly refer to it as the perfect game. I'm in a lucky position where people are now sending me things that I need or maybe that they need me to consume. And I got sent a book called uh, 59 and 84. So I'm probably about ooh, a third of the way through at this point. But the back of the book said something like in the 1930s, when baseball was very well established, they asked the biggest names in baseball, what's the greatest feat of all time? Might even have been a question in the 20s. What is the greatest baseball feat of all time? And six out of 10 said this was. And it's basically a stat no one even had heard of, including me feel like I've heard all the record book stats, but I hadn't heard this one or it hadn't really dawned on me that there was a pitcher that won 59 games in one season in 1884. And I believe they only played 108 games or something like that. 
uh, six out of the ten people like Connie Mack, whatnot, said uh, Radborn winning 59 games is the greatest baseball feat of all time. So at this point, something real interesting is you weren't allowed to throw overhand. But people were trying to get up. Because basically when the sport was younger, it was almost like you pitched your own team, like you underhand, you lob it, ball gets cracked. Well, it started to be more of a pitcher versus batter thing. And pitchers were trying to get batters out however they could. And so the umpires were put in this position of, it's illegal to throw overhand, but are you going to call the pitcher on it if they do? And it was fairly taboo because the competition was really good. Like the rule book was a little behind. So one of the reasons why I bring all of this up is you often hear this old adage, I guess you could call it with people that are like, Oh, baseball has always been changing. Oh, don't worry about these rule changes. The game has always been changing. And yes, it has. You could say that, and there is truth in that statement, absolutely. But it kind of gets misrepresented where once the sport figured itself out, so to speak, once it got through a few decades, it hit this stride of, we'll say, a good on the safe side, 100 years, where basically the game was played the same way via the rules. Now, there were wrinkles where, you know, like Babe Ruth set the home run record at, uh, what was it? I think it was, he did it at either 19 or 29 home runs in a season was the new record. Obviously, things shifted a lot since then. Home runs weren't as big of a deal. By the way, side note, why don't you go ahead and look up Babe Ruth's stats and take a note of his triples, and you'll think, well, that doesn't fit at all with what I thought I knew about Babe Ruth. He's got a shit ton of triples. So are all those videos and all those pictures lying that he was this big guy with spindly legs, little chicken legs, but this guy was legging out triples like crazy or were ballparks bigger or at least center field had huge dimensions to it. And if he cracked one out there, he could leg out a triple. He's not going to be legging out triples at old Enron field. No. Not the babe. Maybe if he put one up on the old hill, then maybe. But at 409 to center, absolutely not. How about the old park the Rays playing? Do they still call it Tropicana Field? You think old Bay would be legging out triples there? No, he wouldn't. So the game has changed a lot, but once it hit its stride and it figured itself out, the writers were pouring in talking about, wow, we've really settled on something special here. And that's baseball. That's gotten drastically fucked with in the last, well, we'll just say three seasons, but it's more. But it's little itty-bitty changes here and there until they started to really mess with the big ones. So here's what I'm thinking. Now that they've really messed with some big ones, and we'll just go back the last two, three seasons, or basically go back to when I recorded my first episode, March 2021. Put yourself in, in those shoes back then, so just two and a half years ago. Compare how you were feeling then to how you're feeling now. Compare that feeling of how you think the game's doing. Baseball, the health, how is it doing? Are you excited about the playoffs? Are you excited about what just happened? 
Are you excited about next year? Or maybe even the year after that. Are you excited about the farm team that your team has? Is there excitement? Are you excited about baseball? Are you? Are you excited about baseball? I just don't hear that from anyone. I'm not hearing that. Now, I have been asking people what they think of the pitch clock. You know what everyone says? Well, I shouldn't say everyone. 90% of the people I talk to, people very quickly say, I love the pitch clock. But, and then they go on to something else that they might have a gripe about baseball-wise. But it seems very universal that people love the pitch clock. I am going to pause right there and say, I don't think people love the pitch clock. I think they love that it's a quicker game. One thing we established on the last episode was that the pitch clock has basically got the average game time back to 1980s levels. It's reasonable that a baseball fan would want a game to go two hours and 39 minutes. That's a really nice game length. I think the problem with the long games is when games don't mean shit and it doesn't matter that much, there's not playoff implications, it's still taking way too long. And there's still too many pitching changes. There's too much analytics. There's too much that's just slowing the game down. And it probably comes from the most pitchers aren't working fast enough. In the last few years, I've heard that so much that we have to get the game quicker no matter what we have to. Well, now they've achieved that, okay? What did that achieve? Got people recognizing that they like baseball a little bit quicker than it was. Shave a half hour off. Great. Thank you for doing that. But where's the popularity levels? How do you feel about it? Now that that half hour has been shaved, are you more excited about next season? Are you going to watch more? Are you going to participate more? Are you going to buy another jersey? Are you going to go to more games? Are you going to buy extra $14 beers at that game? I mean, it's a really reasonable question to ask yourself. How do you feel about the sport now, two years after ditching pitchers hitting? Well, there's one very famous hitting pitcher, and oh, this saddened me, got hurt. So he's not going to be pitching for a year or two. It's just going to open up the floodgates. Oh, this worries me so much. It's just going to open up these floodgates. Yep, see? Too risky. Mm-mm, never should have let him pitch. Yep. No, that was silly. Some sideshow clown act. Trying to draw fans. Now your 500 gajillion dollar man is hurt. Might affect his batting. These guys shouldn't be playing two ways anyway. So yep. Now that that happened. Opened up ridicule for yes. See pitcher shouldn't hit. Couldn't disagree more. Shohei was our crowning example of a two-way pitcher. Just baseball. But it's gotten to the point where you have to crown a pitcher for being able to swing heavy. Now, I'm not going to say 
He's not exceptional. I've said it many times. He's the closest thing to Babe Ruth since Babe Ruth. But what a bummer that that had to happen. Okay, let's key in on a name that came at the very end of last year's episodes. Schwarber. First time I saw this guy Schwarber play was either against the Giants in the playoffs against the Cubs, the year the Cubs won it, or it was Cubs-Indians in the World Series. I can't quite remember which one it was, but he was a very young guy, and he was very dangerous, and they were using him in a few situations where a big lefty bat was really key, and I definitely recall him blasting doubles against the fence, hitting the ball really hard. So all Schwarber. So he got into the episode last year because this really interesting thing happened that I never really heard further commentary on. But what I know about Schwarber is he's kind of the ultimate guy to do a shift on because he, he doesn't go the other way very much. He swings for the fences a lot. And he always pulls the ball. So I kind of know that if you're hitting just below Mendoza and you have 47 knocks for the season and you're a lefty, I'm led to believe that you're probably not fast because you're lefty and you're hitting under 200. So you're not really beating anything out. You Don't hit it to the left side. You're not legging it out. But it's pretty lousy if you are a natural player that a defensive team would want to shift on and now you're not allowed to shift and you hit the ball really hard but you still can't hit 200 like what kind of ball player is this and what does this say about the sort of ball player that is not only getting drafted but being heralded by everyone it's what's the number one stat you're like he's got 47 dongs Okay, so anyway, he got into the conversation last year because he got two strikes, and this is in the World Series, and he bunted. He bunted the third strike foul. The shift was so unbelievably extreme, and his team needed a hit. Oh, they needed a hit. He actually went for a bunt as the best possible thing that he could do to try to help his team win, I think. Now, remember, the shift wasn't banned yet, and we had talked about this is probably the last slugger that's ever going to try to lay down a bunt. Yeah, He got into my baseball sphere by someone told me, I haven't checked my stats, but trust me, my producer will. Regular season, hit 47 bombs, and batted 197. Now, the joke was, I can't confirm this, but the joke was they were going to bat him leadoff. Now, this throws everything I know about baseball uh, in a cloudy mess where basically none of it makes sense anymore. How could this be true? How could this possibly be true? What does this say about baseball if they're batting this guy leadoff? The only thing I could realistically come up with was he hits bombs, he's dangerous, and they want him to bat as many times as possible. I couldn't come up with anything outside of that. So what does that mean about what's going on with the sport? 
And what is going on with Schwarber? Why does this guy keep ending up being a big part of the conversation of baseball and its future? I don't know. Maybe y'all can help me. By the way, if you don't know this yet, MonaLisaBaseball at gmail.com. Let me know anything you want to know. I mean, the fact that this guy even tried to bunt once really impressed me. Oh, I thought of this recently, and I never hear this get talked about, so I wanted to bring it up. Jackie Robinson. Okay, so Branch Rickey chose him as the first black ball player that was going to bust through the color barrier, play in Major League Baseball. One of the reasons that I never hear about why Branch Rickey chose Jackie was, well, one of the main reasons they always say is Jackie trusted him. He seemed like a really upstanding person, and he had a deal that no matter what Jackie was called, no matter what he had to go through, no matter how many times he was being or spiked, he had to turn the other cheek and not say anything. Here's the thing I never hear talked about. I started to wonder why, why did they didn't plunk him more? Like, nah, I'm not going to play in a sport with black guys. Like, nah, it's not like that. And just the pitchers just plunk him. He was too dangerous on the base paths. You couldn't put this guy on. You got a guy that's stealing home consistently, an absolute menace on the base paths. So you take that bullet out of the gun per se. No sane pitcher is going to put Jackie Robinson on base. Don't you kind of feel like we've lost a little bit of that in baseball? The dangerous base runner? Oh, and this brings up another very valuable point that homeboy for the Braves, first person to ever enter the 40-70 club, 40 knocks, 70 stolen bases. And yet, nobody's talking about those 70 stolen bases may have had anything to do with the recent rule changes that are in favor of stealing bases. Well, trust me, it's definitely a part of it. But what I'm getting at here is it is a very exciting part of baseball. The stolen base, the menace on the base pass. How often do you really get to see a guy that runs the bases in a way that he actually makes the defense nervous? There's nothing too much more exciting than that as a fan of baseball. And yet we almost never get to see it. Having a dangerous man on the base pass. Well, let's go ahead and compare that to leadoff man Schwarber. Do you think he's making any defense nervous when he gets on base? Is that really what a leadoff hitter should be? I don't know. I guess it depends on if they win or not, or if the strategy works. Okay, the show was never designed to be a check-in and find the latest. One of the reasons that we'll talk about some current events isn't to stay current. It's to really feel the inner workings of what's going on in the game. The main thing we're trying to get to here is the powers that be are changing a wonderful thing 
a thing that's been referred to as perfect by many, many people, some of whom are in the Hall of Fame and are revered for their knowledge about the sport. They're changing it into something else. I think they're doing that at the peril of the actual sport. So me and the people that work with me are defenders of the game of baseball. We're not just fans of MLB. I believe that MLB is absolutely blowing what they have. The second that you start playing a game that isn't actually baseball and calling it baseball, we got issues. We got some real, real problems on our hands. So I really want you to take it serious when I'm asking you, check in with how you're feeling about the game right now and check in about your excitement levels for next year. Because when people used to say, that's all right, wait till next year. Do you really have that peace in your mind about the sport that you know will even exist next year? Do you understand what it means when they're experimenting with things like designated runners? Are you going to recognize the sport next year? Are umpires even going to do their job next year? Are they going to be told by a machine what's a ball and a strike? I mean, that's really at odds with how the sports behave for the last hundred years. And you're going to find out real soon how important it is to have humanity calling balls or strikes or having a computer. Is baseball going to feel the same? It's an art form. We can't make baseball better than it already is. It found its perfect way of playing. Now, I'm not going to say games should take four hours. There's a lot of reasons why the game got way too slow. Way too slow. But here's the thing. Now, if a playoff game is too slow, is there even such a thing as a playoff game being too slow, especially if the drama's high? Okay, let me take you through a little exercise right now. I wanted to test this theory a little bit. And I highly recommend if you're a baseball fan to do what I'm about to tell you. Watch the ninth inning of the 88 World Series game one. This is the Kurt Gibson home run. Watch from the first pitch Eckersley throws. Listen to Vin Scully. Listen to how it all goes. I wanted to watch this half inning and see what may or may not be different if there was a pitch clock involved. Now, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I'm going to spoil it for you because you should watch it on your own. But let me tell you something. This inning would have been nothing like it was if there was a pitch clock. Nothing. So different. That's considered one of the great half innings in baseball history. I think it's really important to discuss that these people that like the pitch clock because the game's faster, what have you potentially given up for that faster game? I'm going to tell you the exact thing you're giving up. The natural rhythm of baseball. This is a forced rhythm. It's not real. You're going to see the rhythms 
when you watch that ninth inning, when Eckersley's on the mound, an MVP, Cy Young winning Hall of Famer, who also not only the greatest reliever of probably all time, in the conversation at least, hey, he also threw a no-hitter. How you like that? Watch his rhythm. Watch the rhythm with Kurt Gibson. Watch how many times that he calls time. Watch the amount of drama that's happening during all of this. Now insert a pitch clock and see how that goes. Forced rhythm. It's not the same. So just take little examples of what was and what could be and what is and see how you like it, what you'd prefer. But most importantly, check in with yourself about the sport and what direction it's headed. Because these people that are in charge, the only thing that's dictating their decisions is how much money the owners make. That's it. They're stealing your sport. They're stealing it from me. You going to do something about it? You going to applaud them for adding a pitch clock and taking away a true rhythm of baseball? When you grew up playing, that rhythm just happened? Okay, so go to YouTube listen to Vin Scully and I'll bring this up again because it's worth it's worth going over this many times just take in when Kirk knocks that home run and Vin says she is gone he doesn't speak again for so long and the camera work is so good and he's not trying to describe to you what's happening he's letting the camera not only show you that, but you can hear the crowd going crazy. The people in the booth were smart enough to show the crowd going crazy, even while he's circling the bases. Every shot is fantastic. It's just unbelievable work to just let the situation speak for itself. Do you know how much drama was building over that entire at-bat? It's not a quick at-bat. Take the whole thing in, see it for yourself, and you ask yourself, is that the form of baseball that you want in the future? Is that what you want, or do you want a forced rhythm version? Do you want a red light instead of an umpire? That's what you're about to get. I hope you better be ready for that. But the thing is, not everyone's as passionate about baseball, so what might happen is you just might turn off your TV. What's going to happen then? What's going to happen when people keep turning off their television and are less and less interested? There's been a lot of TV contracts this year that have just gone under because people aren't watching baseball like they thought they might. 20,000 at a playoff game? So I'm not saying this is happening everywhere, but if people aren't going to games and people aren't watching games, then what? So I'm going to tell you what. And this is the scariest part. Scariest part for me anyways. They're going to change more rules to get more fans. They're going to change more rules of baseball. So when you were a kid, you grew up, and once you learn the game, you know the game. You know the ins and outs. You know how the sport works. 
eh, we're getting into that range where you don't know what it's going to look like next year. So if you don't put up a stink, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, ever since I started this, I've been watching everything happen that I've been predicting. Not bragging. That's what's happening. Go back as far you want into these episodes from March 2021 and on. Been pretty spot on. Just watching it happen. I even predicted that there would be a slight uptick in popularity this year compared to last year. Just slight. It seems like that's exactly what happened, but don't fall for it. It's going to go down next year, unfortunately. Uh, People are going to panic. And not, you know, fans, but people that are in charge of collecting the dollar bills from baseball are going to panic. And they're going to say, oh, well, see, you know, people just don't trust that the umpires are good. All the other sports are doing. We got to get the cameras in. We got to get the Hawkeye. We got to have a a strike actually be a strike. There's too much parody. It all has to be the same. Sameness in baseball is not what makes it great. The whole reason that baseball still exists is the fans have always loved it. While fans are dwindling, they went up a smidge this year. I will give them credit for that. But at what cost? You kind of just like prolong the starvation where, okay, let's say you're out of food and you have four days to live and someone like, you know, throws you a saltine. You're like, all right, that might get me one more day of survival, but I'm still going to starve. That's what I think is going on right here, right now. This clock is not going to save baseball. It's only going to make the people that love it a little bit less because when you substitute a little bit quicker for something as major as true rhythm of the sport, I don't think that's a good trade-off. Well, hopefully you, whoever you are, are enjoying the baseball playoffs. So the main thing I'm asking you is if you have any comments, questions, MonaLisaBaseball at gmail.com, let us know. And really check in with how you're feeling about the sport. Ditching, pitchers hitting. It's got 47 dogs. I had to get a voice out there that was the voice of reason. These are tough questions, but they gotta be asked. How dare they insult the baseball team? I love baseball like I love breathing air, man. What kind of ball player is this? And let me just remind you, this is not someone that's hating on baseball. I love baseball as much as anyone that I've ever met. The people that are in charge of Major League Baseball are the ones that are pushing me away from it because you're not playing baseball anymore.